FM, KPFK, Pacifica Radio, the best radio station on planet Earth. This is KPFK. We need this Poor People's Campaign. Sojourner Truth with Margaret Prescott. We need the voices of the poor. Change just doesn't come from the top down. That's why Donald Trump and them are telling us, don't drink that Kool-Aid. It comes from the bottom up. And without people at the bottom, whether it's undocumented immigrants, they need the resources. Sojourner Truth with Margaret Prescott. Tuesday through Friday mornings at 7. This is KPFK. 90.7 KPFK Los Angeles KPFK Rebel Alliance News Los Angeles Here are today's headlines. Anti-war rallies this weekend, 12th anniversary of the Fukushima meltdown, black cowboys, horses, and art on Slauson Avenue, international news from non-NATO media outlets, commentary by Mumia Abu-Jamal, and the community calendar. All this and more coming up. Good evening. I'm Angela Birdsong, and here's some national news for you today. President Joe Biden greenlit a massive oil drilling project on federal land in Alaska, eliciting outrage from climate advocates who say the administration's accompanying restrictions on oil and gas leasing in the region cannot make up for the destruction set to be unleashed by the approved Willow Project. Progressives sought for months to dissuade Biden from approving ConocoPhillips' 8 billion willow project, noting that it could enable the production of more than 600 million barrels of crude oil over 30 years. If all of that oil is burned, roughly 280 million metric tons of heat-trapping carbon dioxide emissions will be spewed into the atmosphere at a time when the United Nations Secretary General warns that the planet is reaching a point of no return. There is simply no justification for President Biden's decision to approve a massive new oil drilling scheme that will lead to decades of air and climate pollution. Food and Water Watch executive director said in a statement. He further said this decision is part of disturbing and disappointing trend with this White House. President Biden refuses to take the necessary actions to rein in climate catastrophe while issuing rhetoric that professes concern for the threat that we all face. 
He cannot have it both ways, promoting clean energy development and meaningless if we continue to allow corporations to plunder and pollute as they wish, the executive director continued in his statement. Given the overwhelming scientific evidence and warnings from even the relatively conservative International Energy Agency that new fossil fuel projects are incompatible with averting the worst consequences of the planetary emergency, climate justice campaigners rejected the president's attempt to soften the blow of his willow approval by announcing new protections for areas surrounding the extraction site. It's insulting that Biden thinks this will change our minds about the Willow Project, a senior attorney at the Center Biological Diversity said in a statement. Protecting one area of the Arctic so you can destroy another doesn't make sense, and it won't help the people and wildlife who will be upended by the Willow Project. We need to protect the entire Arctic and stop building massive oil and gas developments that would contribute to greenhouse gas emissions for years to come. Biden approved Willow knowing full well that it, it, it will cause massive and irreversible destruction, which is appalling, said the senior attorney. We will fight hard to keep Conoco from breaking ground. The Revolving Door Project's climate research director, Dorothy Slater, condemned the White House for prematurely making the decision they thought courts might insist on, calling it a weak-hearted capitulation to corporate interests and a historic abnegation of responsibility. The Interior Department does not have the legal authority to deny permits for a project that have substantial concerns about, said Slater. If the case did go to court, the administration could leverage the significant resources of the Justice Department to defend their decision stridently, using every tool in their arsenal to protect the Arctic wilderness and giving us a fighting chance to avoid the worst of climate change. Public Health reports 643 new positive cases and 13 new deaths due to COVID-19 in Los Angeles County. The Los Angeles County Department of Public Health um, today released the date, latest data on COVID-19, stating um, 13 new deaths due to COVID-19, 35,865 deaths to date, 487 people currently hospitalized with COVID-19, and the 643 new COVID cases. There are 3,717,526 cases to date. More than 12,968,000 individuals tested. 25% of people tested positive to date. Here is a report on the many protests happening this weekend. Thank you for tuning into KPFK. We are currently experiencing technical difficulties. As soon as we are able, we'll return you to your regularly scheduled program. Thanks for your patience. And that was our report from the Los Angeles Public, um, Los Angeles County Department of Public Health. And here is a report on the many protests that's happening this weekend. We're um, waiting for an anti-war rally. Uh, report that Steve Zeltzer has for okay, us. This is Steve Zeltzer with Pacifica. And this coming weekend, the 18th, there will be rallies all over the United States uh, protesting the war in Ukraine. It seems like there's an unlimited budget to uh, spend in in Ukraine uh, by the U.S. government at the same time the banks are collapsing and everything else is going on in this country. And joining us is Isabel Gonzalez, uh, she is from Los Angeles, and she's with Code Pink, and she's one of the organizers of the action that's taking place in Los Angeles. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Steve. It's an honor to be here to talk about these endless wars that we see at home and abroad. And I'm excited to to be out on 
the streets on um, March 18th in front of the CNN building on Sunset Boulevard with like-minded folks that want to see peace and investment in education, life, and not in war and destruction. And the uh, expansion of the war, over $115 billion have been spent by the U.S. government, takes place at the same time that uh, money for COVID testing is being cut off. Uh, in Los Angeles, there are going to be uh, 1,000, 60,000 teachers and, and service workers going on strike on the 21st. Uh, it seems like uh, while the United States has a lot of money to expand wars around in their 800 bases around the world, uh, they uh, at the same time are saying that people of Los Angeles, working people, don't have, can't get living conditions, can't get housing and can't get health care. Is are those things going to be connected at the rally on the 18th? Yes, of course. We're going to have several speakers that will be talking about the the need for this investment for healthcare, for education, um, for having a, a decent standard of living. This is something that has been ongoing for centuries and something that we need to be visible in the streets about. That is why it's so important that people come out to the streets to show our government that we are tired of this endless spending of, on war, on weapons, on, on sanctions, on things that do not promote life, that promote murder. Um, so it is so essential for us to get out on the streets. I know we will be taking precautions as well. Um, COVID is not over. So we're going to be very like-minded about that. And um, just really, really emphasizing these demands that we have within our, you know, within our government. And the situation in, in California and in Los Angeles, uh, there are thousands of people homeless, living in tents, uh, what what is going on with with this country and and uh, U.S. the U.S. at this point? I mean, when you have so many people in a uh, situation where they don't even have homes or homeless, and they're they've got an unlimited budget apparently for war. What what's it all about? And why are uh, the Democrats uh, in Los Angeles and California nationally supporting the war? Yeah, it's it's extremely disheartening um, just seeing the budget that came out the other day, Biden's budget for 2024, that emphasized, um, you know, almost $900 billion for war. And there was hardly any mention for for rehousing of folks. Um, but we just need to also remember that the Democrats, you know, they always say, you know, their hands are tied. We need to do what's best, you know, to make decisions. But I think that not only going out on the streets, but going and meeting with Congress members is so essential. You know, we've been trying to spearhead getting constituents, getting folks, you know, regular, um, you know, everyday folks to get out there and to talk with their Congress members to let them know, you know, we're not going to sit by and continue this, you know, funding for war, for, you know, the interests of those in power rather than the people. So I think it's really important not only to get out in the streets this weekend and upcoming events that we have as well, but also to meet with our Congress members, those who um, have this power to, to push things within the Democrats, within Congress, within the Senate. It's super important for us at Code Pink and with our coalition members who are also um, on board with us about this. And in California, you're having a race for Senate. Uh, Senator Feinstein is retired, who was a big supporter of war in Iraq. Her mm -hmm. husband made more uh, money building uh, bases in Iraq. Mm -hmm. uh, and she was running a committee in Congress, uh, in the Senate, rather, uh, shifting uh, funds, contracts to him for his uh, construction company in Iraq. I mean, it seems like war, the war industry is very profitable, uh, military industrial complex. Is that one of the reasons that uh, these politicians are supporting the war, that they get funding from these same corporations? Yes. So that is something at Code Pink that we, we go over endlessly about the war economy. We will always continue to have war if we are you know, living on a war economy. The war funds so many people, so many jobs, um, not things that we want, but it just is an endless cycle of people believing that, oh, if we want to see more jobs, if we want to see more opportunities, we need to continue war. We need to see this manufacturing. But in reality, that's not true. Um, we need to start thinking about having a more local economy, having a more peaceful economy. But um, totally correct about the military industrial complex. It's just going to be a constant cycle until people start to, you know, really learn about the fog of the war and start to learn about how it's more important to invest in people, the planet, you know, what, what, none of this matters. If we're going to have a bunch of money, none of this matters if the planet is, you know, dying. And we know that this is something urgent. And I just think it's super important that we continue these conversations amongst people. 
And of course, California is also facing uh, cataclysmic in the country and the world uh, weather situation mm -hmm. uh, of rain, of storms. We're not prepared. They're flooding, um, uh, they're floods, and it's possible that all the snow that's going in the Sierras could, if there's a heat wave, could come down, flood Central Valley. I mean, it seems like these are cataclysmic uh, situations, climate situations, and it seems like the priority is not there. Uh, the senators who are, I mean, the people who are running for Senate in California, it seems like all three, Barbara Lee, uh, Schiff, and uh, they're all for more money for the war. I mean, have they been challenged on that? And do you think there needs to be a political alternative to these uh, basically corporatist politicians who want more war? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so we have been hosting a series of webinars addressing these um, these issues within climate change, within these, you know, senators and Congress members that, you know, argue, you know, we we take um this uh, climate change serious, but continue to fund war. We have a series of petitions out to address these um, members who are funding more war rather than addressing, you know, the the impacts of climate as we see right now, you know, this storm that just came into LA, it's, it's so frightening and disheartening. And I think that it's, you know, so urgent, but also the time to come together and not necessarily freak out, but come together in conversation on how we can move with petitions, with organizing. We have upcoming Earth Day, you know, in April, and we're going to be having a series of uh, demonstrations and webinars where we can all come together and, you know, talk about what what's the next move. You know, we can always find more creative ways to urge these people to make the right decision when they are voting. This is a lot of money and it's going towards destruction of the planet. It's not something that we can continue to wait and talk about. And in 2008, there was a uh, work action by the ILWU, the Longshore Workers on the West Coast. They shut down the West Coast in protest of the Iraq War. Why is it that the union leadership, uh, UTLA, the um, uh, the ILWU, I mean, not, I mean, the uh, uh, SEIU uh, are supporting uh, the military budget. It seems like particularly social services, education, uh, these unions are affected uh, by the money going for the war and not for their own needs or the needs of their students, their needs of housing. Um, mm -hmm. do, do you think there has to be a struggle inside these unions to get these unions uh, organized to oppose the war and join this demonstration. I don't know if any unions are beginning to be supporting uh, your rally, but it seems like the labor movement and working people have a, a real need to to oppose more militarization, more war, and especially the danger of a war with China. Yeah, exactly. That has also been a, a struggle within us to to get unions on board, which is just mind boggling to me because it would actually serve them. You know, if we saw this redistribution of money. But we have to also recognize that within unions and more formalized um, groups, as such as that, that there tends to be a hierarchical system that can often become co-opted, corrupted, things like that. So we also try to take that into con consideration while we're trying to organize. You know, we do focus on gathering certain um, orgs, unions, things like that. But also we, we never underestimate the power of the individual. So we also try to really emphasize that, you know, come with the group or come by yourself. You are welcome here. Your voice is just as important. Um, sometimes you not you might not see eye to eye with the group that you're associated with, but that does not mean that you should not be in attendance. Um, that's why our march is really focused on, you know, of course, the orgs that have been supporting us, uplifting, we are so grateful for, but please individuals come, come all. You're in a safe space with all of us and we're we're going to have a, an awesome time, you know, um, disrupting the status quo this Saturday. And is the uh, the UTLA, are they, any of the unions going to be having contingents and joining the march? I mean, the ILWU has been without a contract for eight months since July. Mm -hmm. uh, you think that they would want to say, spend money on working people, not war. Yeah, Are there going to no. be any union contingents at the rally? Um, unfortunately, we have not heard back from them yet. We are continuing to push, 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 and push. You know, we won't stop until the day before. Um, but, you know, we are we are more motivated than ever. You know, we, we are taking what we have and we are running with it. And, you know, the support that we have been, been receiving from the Party of Socialism and Liberation has been amazing. They have really 
really helped endorse this event along with the Answer Coalition. So we are just, when, you know, whatever we have, we will be happy with and we're going to, to you know, rattle some chairs there. Okay, well, I want to thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we've been talking with Isabel Gonzalez. She is one of the organizers for an upcoming rally in Los Angeles, which is part of a national series of rallies around the country, opposing war, opposing militarization, uh, saying that the resources of this country should go for uh, health and safety, should go for housing, should go for dealing with climate, and, and not for more military weapons and militarization of the world. So thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Steve. It's been a pleasure. Great. Take care. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. March 11th was the 12th anniversary of the Fukushima meltdown at the three nuclear reactors. There was a speak out at the Japanese consulate in San Francisco against restarting nuclear plants and also the plan by the Japanese government to dump 1.3 million tons of radioactive water into the Pacific Ocean. It's been 12 years since the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant had a triple meltdown. And uh, so many people are forgetting about Fukushima. Even the uh, government, Japanese government, let the people forget about. But government also pushing the nuclear energy again. It's really not time to forget Fukushima. There are so many, so many problems mounting up now. My name is Tsukuru Force. Even though this is an anniversary of the Fukushima disaster, this is also the anniversary of uh, the great Tohoku earthquake and tsunami that took so many lives. So I want to be mindful by mentioning that and remembering these victims as well because a lot of people's lives were you know changed forever uh, by that quake secondly i would like us to remember u.s soldiers of the operation tomodachi operation friendship uh, who were dispatched to the disaster area after the disaster uh, they were actually on their ship, you know, off the coast of Fukushima. And you know what happened? Uh, when the accident happened, uh, most of the radioactive particles were actually blown to the ocean. So they got a lot of exposure. They tried to sue. But what happened? You know, the, the, the court case was thrown out, and I actually don't know what happened after that. But let's remember these soldiers too, because some of them passed away. Some of them like, got sick, but nobody is talking about them. This is injustice. We have to talk, talk about them too. Thirdly, nuclear renaissance. I am a former business consultant, so I get a lot of newsletter in terms of like, stocks and investments. It's horrendous. It's very, very scary right now. There's this newsletter publisher that publishes uh, nuclear industry-related investment advice every single day. They are talking to young tech uh, business-minded types and saying that, yes, nuke is green, nuke is climate justice, and actually some investment companies put uh, nuclear industry stocks in the climate portfolio. So please keep it in mind. We have to, we have to fight these narratives, that means we have to fight harder, we have to um, talk louder, we have to get more people together and tell the truth. So despite the negligence and lies by the Japanese government and TEPCO, so many of our fellow activists and especially people who were directly affected by the disaster are still speaking out and fighting, just like us. So demanding that the lies and the cover-ups be exposed and justice be served. And I think it is the persistence of those who won't give up the fight that continues to empower me and to give me the strength to keep on fighting. 
So on this 12th anniversary of the disaster, I would like to quote one of the mantras that I've heard from many Okinawan elders who are fighting the occupation of their land by the U.S. military bases. So the quote is, we will never lose till we give up. So we will never lose as long as we are fighting. So um, today, I would like to report, this is a very important announcement to me and to all of you. Uh, I would like to report the city of West Hollywood. The city council has just passed a resolution to oppose Japan and TEPCO's plan of discharging the wastewater from the Fukushima nuclear power plant. Yes, this is the first of this kind of resolution in the United States, if not the world. And we have to keep going and pass the resolution all over the West Coast, coastal cities. I would like the Japanese government and TEPCO to know the people all over the world are watching. And we are saying no. We will never be silenced. And we will never give up. And as we stand here, we are not just fighting for a nuclear-free future or the world without war, uh, even though it's very important, but we are fighting for the world free of capitalism, imperialism, and colonialism, racism, and homophobia, transphobia, and poverty. And I would like to say, finally, um, I'm, I'm trans. All this craziness that's happening in this country against me and my brothers and sisters, LGBTQ plus people, don't you think it's just odd? I mean, there are so many other issues that we have to talk about. Yeah. Poverty, you know, war, that's like this crazy war that's going on. I mean, why are we talking about this? Me existing, does that hurt you? No, no. So please, let's come together and fight for what's important. You know, what gives all people the freedom and security to live their life fully? Thank you so much. My name's Eric Curry. I just got back from Washington, D.C., and I'm going to share you the same message that I shared with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. My name is Eric Curry. I'm from San Francisco, California, and I will not be paying back a single penny of my student loans. Not a single damn dime. I'll give you three different options where you can get my money from. You can get it from Zelensky's, who you really should be getting it from. Or you can get it from Paul Pelosi. Or you can get it from um, the football guy, Tom Brady. Or you can even get it from Jay-Z. So there we go, I'll give you four different options. Why? Because the latter three had over five million in PPP loans forgiven and they didn't have to deal with the Supreme Court. So, I know that we're here about nukes. And the thing is, I fought tooth and nail to get this crook into the, into the White House, okay? So yes, I take it incredibly personally. I wasted a lot of money that I don't have, and you're coming after me for 40000 that you're not going to get. I already told you who you can get my money from. But this is what I've been telling people, right? I, ha I know that Joe Biden has been waiting his entire career. We all know how long he's been in there screwing things up, Senator from Delaware. We all know this, right? But he's been waiting his entire career to, stop this, to, to start this war with China. And I have plenty of people say, oh, you're saying, I'm here saying it. It's a real threat. And it's something that all of us have to be up in arms about. What we need right now is solidarity on steroids. That's what we need right now. Everybody needs to get in the streets. Why? Because during the pandemic, guess who held the country up? The working class. They can't do it without us. So let's stick it to them and show them because I'm tired of my tax dollars being used to drop bombs on the third world, all right? My mother moved, had to flee a civil war in El Salvador to come to the United States because of bombs being dropped from a U.S.-backed civil war going on over there. And we keep repeating the story every six months, it seems, and I'm sick and tired of it. Thank you. CCR. So I'm from Code Pink. And uh, we want to shut Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant. Toot sweet. And we're going to use dogs to do it. You laugh. <laughs> okay, we haven't tried it yet. Jellyfish have closed Diablo twice. And so why can't the creatures help each other out here? This dog and his colleagues, and there's about 30 of them, are going to gather together. And they're going to have a press conference to announce a strike against PG&E. Because I think we should be boycotting this company. They're criminal. 
private corporation. And, and so I want to really give people the opportunity to pledge to boycott, to pledge to have a ratepayer strike against this criminal corporation. They can pledge, and when we get to a threshold of 500, we could activate, or 1,000, or 3,000, or however many ratepayers want to strike against this company, because they're killing us with their wildfires and their lack of maintenance and their Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant, which it doesn't even have an, a license to operate beyond next year. PG&E is criminal. And we should not let them get away with uh, destroying the economy of California, destroying our lives, destroying everyone's lives. That radiation is not going to stay in one place. Shut down all the nukes! Shut down all the nukes! Hiroshima never again! Hiroshima never again! Nagasaki never again! Nagasaki never again! Shut down all the nukes! KBFK Rebel Alliance News, Los Angeles. Range Projects Gallery Celebration of Black History continues with the Wild West Side exhibit by Gabe Galt, sharing his portraits of Compton Cowboys, where Julia Smith, the executive art director in the gallery, brings more art and culture to Slauson Avenue in South Central Los Angeles. Julia, tell me. Why Range Projects Gallery and why here on Slauson? I want to answer your first question. Why on Slauson? Why not on Slauson? You know, we have a lot of um, history here on Slauson, uh, a lot of artists. Um, you know, we have the FIBA Center uh, right there on Crenshaw and Slauson. There's a lot of rich African-American black culture here. You know, unfortunately, um, one of our, you know, beloved artists, Nipsey Hussle, was slain, you know, what, 500 yards from my place of business. And he was an artist. So, you know, it's only right that uh, we keep the arts thriving and all forms of arts thriving on Slauson. What, what folks don't know about you, you were running for the Neighborhood Council for at-large representative. So this neighborhood here, you know extremely well. You're right again. I do know this neighborhood uh, very well. And um, through my activism and using my platform, being a community board representative, that's how I discovered this um, art gallery. That, that's the whole beauty of this. This is what I, I want to share with everyone, you know, that we want to live in communities that we can walk around and, you know, discover things and engage and socialize with each other. Yeah, that that's what makes healthy and beautiful, thriving communities. I'm committed to um, bringing awareness to the space, um, bringing awareness um, to the importance of arts in my community, not just my community, but all communities. So um, in celebration of Black History Month, we uh, started off with uh, Jessie Ujazzy. She's a young, talented artist. If you missed the exhibit, I hope that you will follow Jessie Ujazzy. And then we moved right into March, continuing, the celebration continues into March. Which, you know, that's what Range Projects is all about. We are still celebrating African-American culture. That's what I'm committed to doing. All right. Next, we will hear from the artist for this month, Gabe Gold. Gabe, yes. tell me why the Compton Cowboys, what's significant about the Compton mm -hmm. Cowboys? The Compton Cowboys, the first time I came across what they were doing and how they approached their community and were giving back to the community in their way. I had to instantly learn about these guys some more, get to know these guys. I reached out uh, with the gallery curator, Julia, uh, and she already had a relationship with them, and that just kind of set everything in stone. And after that, um, you know, history was made. I feel like we connected, and we got to go down to the ranch, see what they live day to day and how they get down and what is their normal routine. 
And I just was like a fly on the wall, capturing content, seeing, you know, their everyday life and routine. Like I wanted to see um, all those little moments that they, that they have throughout the day. Um, and throughout that day, I just saw so much passion in their eyes of what they are always doing with the animals and with the next generation and teaching and um, also learning at the same time. So it was a great experience overall, uh, being able to connect with everybody, all the all the riders, all the black cowboys I met through the journey, um, up to even Bill Pickett Rodeo. That was a fun experience. My first time there and getting to shoot different cowboys and meeting cowboys from all over the, the, the U.S. Um, yeah, just a great overall, you know, deep dive into the world of black cowboys. How long did it take you from start to finish with this project? So I thought of the idea last year, early last year. Um, I, I reached out in August to the Compton Cowboys. Super busy dudes. Uh, they're always on the go, always on the move. We didn't get to connect till around December. And in, de- and in December, I got to go down to the ranch. Um, and so it's been, it's been in the works for a while. Um, and I'm glad to just to see everything just come to life. Um, it's really cool to capture all these moments that I, I, I got to hang out with them. And you painted yeah. these pieces, these art pieces, and how amount of time? What amount of time? So I started in December. Uh, I'm a pretty fast worker. Yes, you are. You guys are not able to see what I'm looking at right now unless you come to 3718 Range Projects Gallery on Slauson, West Slauson Avenue in Los Angeles and see it for yourself. But Gabe, December to this date Mm -hmm. right now in March, you completed all these pieces. How many pieces are there? There's about... 14, actually 15 pieces total, including the sculptures um, that I worked on. So there's quite a, there's a lot of pieces that I had to really get down on in this amount of time. And even when I'm not painting, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about the execution. So I'm constantly working. I'm constantly thinking about how do I solve this color or what, what, how do I want to tweak this piece to make it a little bit better? So it's a constant process i think as an artist goes on in life they start to uh take on that piece every single day of their life and then when they're in the studio to execute it that's that's go mode that's when everything i was thinking about is going down on this canvas what is the history about the compton cowboys that we do not know about it's goes far back um just black cowboys in general in the wild west there is some statistic about there being about 25 percent of cowboys in the west were black and there's a lot of untold history behind uh the black cowboy culture and it's 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 not just in compton or in la it's it's nationwide right so it's you got cowboys coming from all across the country with different um different backgrounds with the same culture um and they're coming together to really keep their community going um and it's a it's a really beautiful place and a beautiful thing that i see out here okay so now what's next i'm playing the next show i want to go out and ride with some of these guys get some uh some more good times going take some more shots and paint some more paintings and uh yeah hopefully there's a another exhibit you know sometime in the near future Okay, okay. Now, how many other exhibits have you had, and how long have you been drawing, painting? Um, I've had exhibits on and off since 2017. Um, this is my third solo exhibit. Uh, I've, I've done a lot of murals in the L.A. area and also just across the nation. I have the largest nation in uh, the U.S., in Toledo, Ohio, and that's uh, been a really cool project. You have the largest what? Mural in the nation. And that's been a fun project with eight different artists, uh, 30 plus people behind the scenes. So that was a big one that we just finished up. And yeah, it just kind of keeps going. It's a gift that keeps on giving. I got to work with the Lakers, with Madden, with uh, Nike. uh, And there's just so many. The list just goes on and on. So it's a fun, it's been a fun journey so far. And it's cool to get back to, uh, you know, painting subjects that I really love as well. Um, and I get to choose at the same time. So, yeah, this has been a really fun project, and I, I hope to keep this going.
and some of your subjects came here to, and saw themselves for the first time on the wall. Yeah, a lot of the subjects saw their, saw themselves for the first time, got to see their selves next to their horses uh, up close and personal and portraits of themselves. So they were ecstatic about it. They, they love the whole process. They love the pieces. They, Yeah, those guys are like family. Like it's really was a cool way to connect with them and, and just kind of bring everybody together. Like the crowd here was just the energy tonight was was insane. I, I don't know if anybody has ever uh, <laughs> made me feel the way I feel tonight. Like um, I got the comment that they've never seen, like a horse came into the actual gallery and they were like, I never seen a, a show like this. I never been to a show like this before in my life. Um, and they've been to a lot of shows. So I was like, yeah, this is uh, a night to remember. This is for the books. Oh, yeah, most definitely a memorable night. And then you have a few cowgirls on the yeah, wall here, too. Absolutely. Uh, one of them is actually Sharice, who her daughter was is really good friends with my sister. Uh, and so we go way back family-wise. But I went out to her ranch in Agua Dolce up north, um, and she invited me to to come out, take photos. And I wanted to, you know, just kind of see how they were doing it up there. So it's been a cool thing to connect with her as well i wanted to get a couple more women in here as well so and we also have our uh merchandise for sale as well we me and my friend daniel and he has a barbershop down in venice beach um and yeah it's it's been cool to collaborate with him and make a new brand out of it so we have a wild west side brand as well that we just launched excellent excellent now how do we find you You can find me um, on Instagram at Gabe Galt. I'm cross-platform. I'm on TikTok as well. I got some cool virtual reality stuff I've been doing with art. Um, and, yeah, I'm all over the place at Gabe Galt. And you check out Saints Barbershop. Check that out online. And, uh, yeah, you'll be able to find some of the merch there as well. Now tell us about your education background and becoming an artist. Um, I was... Uh, I was always into art growing up. I went to SMC for two years. I ended up dropping out. Um, I did an internship for six plus years with my mentor, Rob Pryor, and he's been in the industry for 30 plus years. Um, And yeah, we started to do comic books and movie posters and video games and all that stuff. So I got a really solid background in executing and also in like a timely fashion. and yeah i started to pursue fine art in like 2016 maybe so i started painting on canvases painting on walls and murals and uh you know i wasn't making any money that i was breaking even then i was like okay i can do this for a living so yeah that's that's kind of my my go-to story of how i like to explain my upbringing um and it's been good ever since like it's been keeping me on my toes so many different projects and different flocks of life so yeah. Right. Okay, well, they started the music started again. The music. <laughs> so I think this is a good place for us to end. I have so many more questions, but this will not be our last time Absolutely. doing an interview. Thank you so much. I'm Angela Birdsong, More Than a Sparrow Productions. The Wild West exhibit by Gabe Galt is running to March 31st at Range Projects Gallery, 3718 West Lawson Avenue in Los Angeles, Fridays 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturdays 3 to 7 p.m. For more information, call Range Projects Gallery at 323-528-6839. That's 323-528-6839. Now, International News Digest from non-NATO media with Polina Vasiliev. For KPFK, Rebel Alliance News, here are today's international highlights with a special focus on non-NATO media. Australia's plan to purchase up to five nuclear-powered submarines from the U.S. has triggered a harsh rebuke from Beijing, which accuses Washington and London of neglecting their obligations as nuclear powers and members of the Non-Proliferation Treaty. RT's Fiorella Isabel has this report. Australian plans to buy multiple nuclear-powered submarines from the U.S. has drawn sharp criticism from China. Beijing slammed the deal as destabilizing for the region, also raising concerns the deal jeopardizes nuclear non-proliferation agreements. 
The Nuclear Submarine Corporation Plan, released today by AUKUS, is a blatant act that constitutes serious nuclear proliferation risks, undermines international non-proliferation system, fuels arms races, and hurts peace and stability in the region. The U.S. President, U.K. Prime Minister and Australian PM announced plans to develop a new generation of subs that will be built in the U.K. and Australia with U.S. technology and support. The new subs are fueled by weapons-grade, highly enriched uranium and could enter service in the late 2030s or early 2040s. The Australian foreign minister, though, has asserted that the vessels won't be nuclear arms, so won't violate the country's anti-proliferation commitments. That's as the U.S. has praised the controversial New Deal, calling it a prospect of peace. We stand at the inflection point in history where the hard work of enhancing deterrence and promoting stability is going to affect the prospect of peace for decades to come. The United States can ask for no better partners in the Indo-Pacific where so much of our shared future will be written. AUKUS is an enhanced security partnership between Australia, the UK and the US, which the countries claim secures stability in the Indo-Pacific region. International and independent China specialist Andrew Lung says the AUKUS nuclear subdeal undermines peace in the region and pushes other countries toward nuclear development. By no means not peaceful as far as the United States uh, AUKUS deal is concerned, obviously, uh, because it is a nuclear-propelled, uh, if not nuclear-armed submarines, it's likely to send a signal to other countries uh, to do the same. And it obviously, as the um, China's foreign ministry uh, statement says, it is going to erode um, the kind of non-nuclear proliferation deal. Um, and then it was uh, also sent signals to other countries to uh, nuclear arm themselves and it would uh, break the, the whole global effort uh, to denuclearize. Obviously, this is not peaceful. On, on, uh, it's not a peaceful initiative because it is a, uh, the submarines, even though not nuclear armed, uh, it is a nuclear propelled using for military purposes. These are submarines. These are not merchant ships. So obviously, that the use of nuclear power um, or uh, propel systems for military means, uh, of course, it is a violation of the non-proliferation uh, treaty because uh, the next step is that you can use nuclear um, uh, energy uh, for all sorts of things for military purposes. Moscow has agreed to extend its grain deal with Ukraine for 60 days to assess whether the West will prove it's ready to fulfill its side of the deal. The news comes as Russia says its commodities are supposed to be part of the agreement as well. RT contributor Rachel Marsden tells us more. So this deal is supposed to allow grain from both Russia and Ukraine to get out of the conflict zone and over to countries in need, notably in Africa and Asia. But Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov explained just a few days ago, and you might be shocked to learn this, that only half of that bargain has been upheld, and that's the half that covers Ukraine's shipments. The first part of the grain deal package is the safe export of Ukrainian grain from the ports of Ukraine via the Black Sea. And the second is the need to remove all obstacles to the export of Russian grain and fertilizers. The first part is being executed, but the second part is not executed at all. In fact, sanctions prohibit Russian ships carrying grain and fertilizers from entering relevant ports, as well as prohibiting foreign vessels from entering Russian ports to pick up these cargoes. Also, sanctions prohibit our Russian agricultural bank from using the SWIFT system. If we are talking about a deal, then it is a package deal. And if the package is half completed, then the issue of renewal becomes quite complicated. So Lavrov again evoked the double standard earlier this month at the G20 foreign ministers meeting in New Delhi, pointing out that, quote, Russian agricultural exports are being blatantly hindered no matter how much the Europeans and Americans who are used to telling lies try to convince everyone otherwise. It turns out that the Western sanctions are blocking the ships carrying Russian grains and fertilizer used to grow food from going to Russia to pick up that cargo and also from entering the ports of delivery. So just how much Ukrainian grain is getting to the countries that actually need it most? Well, collectively, they're getting about 15% 
of the total export volume, which works out to about 1% each. That's according to the latest data from the Black Sea Grain Initiative Joint Coordination Center. The top three destinations for the grain are China, Spain, and Turkey, representing 46% of all exports involving hundreds of shipments. China, of course, acts as the gateway to Asia and Turkey, the gateway to Africa. But what's the deal with Spain? Spain domestically produces more than enough of the grain that it needs to feed its own people and Europeans, with people's grain needs accounting for just a quarter of all the country's domestic consumption. The rest of that grain that the country produces goes to feed its livestock, notably pigs. Spain is routinely ranked as one of the top, if not the top, pork producing country in the entire world. So that's great news for Spain and Europe's pork industry to get Ukrainian grain, but it's not exactly how this whole deal was sold to the world as an absolute necessity. It's kind of like starting up a food bank and demanding donations and all this food and then going home and shoving it in your fridge. It smells like a total bait and switch. Russia agreed to the deal because there was so much hangering over the people starving if they didn't. And now the data suggests that a huge chunk of the Ukrainian food is just being sold to Europe to fatten its livestock and also its coffers. Professor David Miller, a longtime activist for Palestinian rights, says Western spy agencies and their media outlets are behind unrests and subversions in the countries they deem to be enemies. Press TV has this report. A leading critic of Israeli aggression against Palestinians, David Miller, who was sacked from his professorship at the University of Bristol in 2021 after a sustained campaign by Britain's Israel lobby targeting him, has addressed a group of Iranian students at the IRIB University in Tehran. He said Western spy agencies in association with the Western media outlets are to be blamed for unrests and riots in various countries, including Syria. And MI6 played a, also played a key role in the creation of the Free Syria Army and uh, what was termed in British propaganda terms the moderate armed opposition in Syria. And the most shocking thing, I think, is the involvement in the managed massacre of captives in order to present evidence of chemical weapons attacks by the Syrian government. Moreover, Miller said that the recent unrests, which erupted in some parts of Iran following the death of a young woman, were orchestrated in advance by the United States and the Israeli regime. The hybrid war strategy against Iran, against, as against so many other enemy states, is led by the United States via a myriad of assets and outlets. One of the key elements is what might be called the small media strategy. U.S. funds are channeled directly and indirectly to a variety of independent media and citizen journalism or media defense organizations. Miller, who is also the producer of Palestine Declassified show on Press TV, has repeatedly come under attack by Israeli lobbies in the UK for supporting Palestine and revealing the true face of Israeli regime and its Western allies. Although David Miller has been sacked from university and has been repeatedly pressured by Israeli lobbies and there are efforts underway to undermine and smear his name and reputation, he believes such attacks will simply strengthen his resolve to continue the fight. Saman Kujuri, Press TV, Tehran. And that's all in today's international highlights from non-NATO media. For KPFK, I'm Polina Vasilyev. KPFK, Rebel Alliance News, Los Angeles. Now a commentary by Mumia Abu-Jamal. The wages of deregulation. A train races through the cool, wintry air. Its wheels turning on iron rails until sparks burst into flames and in the blink of an eye a city in western ohio becomes the latest scene of a railroad chemical disaster for some of the trains contained vinyl chloride which erupts into flame belching dark funnels of poisoned air into an early morning sky and a local town called palestine also erupts 
into fits of fear and fury. They roar. How could this happen? How could it? One way is when politicians, eager to please voters, cut taxes. You know what happened? Deregulation. That other beloved cost cutter, right? Deregulation, that favorite target of so-called conservatives, also cut something else. Safety. The disaster that struck Palestine, Ohio, will give residents heart palpitations and deep worry for generations, at least. How many headaches, cancers, or even unknown diseases may result from this massive chemical spill? No one really knows. Deregulation causes needless disasters. It's, as the saying goes, penny wise and pound foolish, and it may yet cause lives. With love, not fear, this is Mumia Abu Jamal. These commentaries are recorded by Prison Radio. Well, I'm Angela Birdsong with More Than a Sparrow Productions, and we're getting ready to give you your KPFK Rebel Alliance News Community Calendar Tips. Yes, Inglewood Library presents Authors for Adults featuring Ph.D. Olympian, first number one best-selling author, Dr. Althea Moses, who will discuss her book, Irresistibly Fit, Saturday, March 25th, 1 p.m. at Inglewood Main Library, second floor, 101 West Manchester in Inglewood. Save the date and join hashtag Standing for Black Girls Missing and Murdered Community Action, along with art making in a healing space, April 15th, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., 4343 Lamert. On Lamert on Lamert Boulevard, forty three forty three Lamert Boulevard in Los Angeles. For more information or to volunteer, visit womensleadershipla.org. Breaking Sounds presents Mimi Myatt. She performs April second, seven p.m. at Adults Only, seven zero sixty five and a half Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles, where they showcase the hottest emerging artists and bands. Fine. And more information on Mimi at Mimi Myatt on her IG page. That's M-E-M-E Myatt on Instagram. And Black Alliance for Peace invites you to meet up with hundreds hundreds of organizations in Washington, D.C. to rally and march to build opposition to the U.S., E.U., NATO axis of domination. Saturday, March 18th, 1 p.m. at the White House. This date, March 18th, coincides with the 20th anniversary weekend of the U.S. invasion of Iraq. Get more details at BlackAllianceForPeace.com. And that's our news for you today. I'm Angela Birdsong with More Than a Sparrow, and you've been listening to KPFK Rebel Alliance News. KPFK is a progressive media outlet challenging corporate media perspectives and providing a voice to voiceless communities. Help keep KPFK a strong and independent source of music, arts, news, and information. And donate at kpfk.org. Thanks to our engineer, Wendell Handy, our Rebel Alliance news contributors. And we hope you will join us again tomorrow at 6 p.m. Until then, let all that you do be done with love. Have a great evening, Los Angeles. Stay dry. Coming up next is Feminist Magazine. This is KPFK, The Michael Slade Show. There's something that you keep bringing up in your book that really struck me, that fascism seeks to replace truth by power, and that there's a very particular method to doing that. Let's talk about that. So truth balances out loyalty. If we recognize the truth, if we recognize facts, so I don't mean like a deep truth, so people think that 
The Russian language makes a distinction between deep truth and truth. So that's why that covers propaganda. You lie, but you lie to reveal a deeper truth. Michael Slate Show, Friday mornings at 10. The democratic culture requires that people are humiliated when they lie about ordinary facts. This is KPFK. This is KPFK. 90.7 FM. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Yeah.